are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Friday show for you. We're going to talk some baseball. More on Shohei Otani. You know how the comp has always been Babe Ruth for Shohei Otani? We could probably knock that comp off. There's no comp for Shohei Otani, and I'll tell you why. The Atlanta Braves are rolling through everybody, steamrolling the National League. I'll tell you their last month. Ellie De La Cruz, you know him? Reds, ever since he came on board, the Reds have been on fire. I believe 17-6 and six since he joined the team. You should see what this guy's done. Victor Wembenyama, we're going to talk about his debut tonight in the NBA Summer League in Las Vegas, 9 o'clock on ESPN Eastern Time. It'll be live. It is sold out. A lot to talk about. And stuff going on in Victor Wembenyama's public life, which is totally bizarre. And I'm just going to end talking about Dame Lillard for a little bit. And we'll get to all that momentarily. So when we've been talking about Shohei Otani recently, we've always talked about the fact that there's just nobody in baseball, almost in history, who's done what he's doing, pitching and hitting. And not just, oh, he's a pitcher and a hitter. He's elite at both. He's literally a top three pitcher in the league and if not the best player in the league, arguably top two. So the only comps we've been able to do have been to compare him to who? Babe Ruth, early 1900s. Here's a stat for you. Shohei has hit 30 home runs already in three straight seasons and struck out a total of 502 batters while he's done that over the last three seasons. Well, technically two and a half because he's already at 30 and we're only halfway through the season. Babe Ruth never once struck out more than three batters in a season that he hit 30 home runs. We can stop with the Babe Ruth comps. I'm guessing just a lot of people never went back and looked at Babe Ruth's statistics. Babe Ruth only pitched in the first five years of his career. After that, he basically gave up pitching and just became a full-time hitter. So all his pitching stats were in those first five years. And in those first five years, his hitting stats weren't great. So 1915 to 1915, 16, 17, and 18 for Babe Ruth. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. 15 through 19. <clears throat> five seasons. 217 innings pitched, 323, 326, 166, 133. He was struck out 112, 170, 128. The most strikeouts this guy ever had in a season was 170, and he only struck out more than 103 times in his whole career pitching. But like I said, he only pitched five years. If you want to look at the other five, the other two years, 40 and 30 were his strikeout totals. <laughs> I mean, 1919 is when he basically became a full-time hitter, and that was his last year of pitching where he pitched 133 innings and struck out 30. That's not very good. In fact, that's terrible. If you are striking out 30 guys in 133 innings, you're not even pitching in the major leagues in 2023. Then 
he started becoming a full-time hitter in 1919. 29 home runs and then 54, 59, 35, 41, 46, 25, 47, 60, 54, 46, 49, 46, 41, 34, 22. But before that, 1915 to 1919, four home runs, three home runs, two home runs, 11 home runs. And then in 1919, 29 home runs. So everyone's saying like, wow, Babe Ruth, he was like, he was so great at pitching and hitting. No, he wasn't. He was a hitter. He had five years where he pitched and they weren't all that great. People are comparing. I I mean, I I guess I'm guilty of it because I was comparing and then I went, wait a second. I saw that stat. I'm like, is that right? Went back to Babe Ruth's career statistics. Never once struck out more than three batters in a season that he hit 30 home runs. Shohei has hit 30 three years in a row and has struck out 502 batters during that time. We can stop the comparisons now. And let's face it. I mean, this is 2023. Most of us, I I don't think there's a single person listening to this podcast right now that was alive when Babe Ruth was playing. Unless I have a 105-year-old person listening to this podcast, which I doubt. But hey, if you're out there, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Leave me a five-star. But, I mean, you can't compare the two. You've seen baseball video film of the 1918, those early years. Do you think that compares to what we're watching right now? It's not even in the same stratosphere. So I guess we can knock that off. Let's stop with the Shohei Otani and Babe Ruth comparisons because they're done. I want to talk about the Braves. The Braves are dominating baseball so much so that I don't know if I've ever seen this. In the Braves' last 29 games, they are 25-4. and four. They are averaging seven runs a game. They're hitting 300 as a team, slugging over 570, and have a plus 90 run differential. There's a reason they are the best team in baseball. There's a reason they are running away with everything in the National League right now. You look at the standings in the National League. I mean, clearly they have the best record. They have the uh, best record in baseball now. They actually have a better record than the Tampa Bay Rays when they got off to their great start. Atlanta's 30 games over 500. The Rays are only 24. I say only. They're the second best team in baseball. But Atlanta, 58 and 28. Eight and a half game lead already in the East. They're going to be the number one seed in the National League. Shit, they have a nine game lead over the second place team in the National League, which is the Arizona Diamondbacks. So they actually have a bigger lead over the second-place team than the, than the Miami Marlins, who are 51-38. and 38. And by the way, as I'm just reading that right now, I can honestly say I had no idea the Mar- Miami Marlins were 51-38 and 38 this season and 13 games over 500 and would be a playoff team right now. I had no idea. If you would have told me, Steve, they're 35-54 and 54 this year, I'd be like, oh, okay. Like, shows you kind of how little I've been paying attention, like, you know, kind of day-to-day stuff. I, I, I see, you know, we, we've talked baseball on this podcast. I talk about the Rays. I talk about, you know, the Rangers and how good they've been after five years of being god-awful. And I've talked about the Braves and, man, like, man, these guys are hot. Ronald Acuna, one of the best players in the National League, 
running away with the MVP. But just overall, I haven't talked about many other teams or players. And I just saw that. I had no idea the Marlins were 51-38. and 38. Holy shit. I couldn't name four, five players on that team. I remember the other day I read you that stat about Sandy Alcantara, the Cy Young Award winner in the National League last year for the Miami Marlins, and this year he's 3-6 and six with an ERA of 4.5. So that's even more surprising that the Marlins are 51-38 and 38 and have the second-best record in the National League. I had no idea. Sorry, Marlins fans. I talk about the fact that I haven't talked about a lot of players and different teams this year in baseball. How about Ellie De La Cruz? The kid that was brought up by the Cincinnati Reds. (laughs) He's the first player ever in Major League Baseball history to have 20 runs scored, 10 stolen bases, and 10 extra base hits within his first 25 games. I'd say that's pretty good. And if you've seen this kid in the highlights, he's unreal. He looks like he's got jetpacks on the bottom of his feet running around the bases. I don't think I've ever seen somebody stride like he does running the bases. He's got to be the fastest player in the league already. And the Reds, you know, I knew that they were doing well, but the Reds have a two-game lead in the NL Central. Like if the playoffs started today in baseball, the Reds would be in, the Marlins would be in, the Diamondbacks would be in, and then looks like Dodgers and then Giants and Phillies would be fighting for that sixth spot. <laughs> I mean, uh, the Mets have the biggest payroll in the world, and they're awful. They still have a shot at the wild card because they're taking six teams in each league now. But, I mean, you're looking at Arizona Dodgers and the Giants in the West. I don't think the Central's getting a wild card team. You're looking like you're pretty much looking at the winner of the Central is going to be the only representative in the playoffs. And then the Braves, Marlins, and Phillies all have a chance, unless the unless the Mets get super hot in the second half. Those are going to be your playoff teams. Marlins, Reds, Diamondbacks. Pretty good shoe-ins to make the playoffs this year, barring a second-half collapse. So tonight in Las Vegas at the Thomas & Mack Center is the debut of number one pick of the San Antonio Spurs, Victor Wembanyama. The Spurs are playing the Charlotte Hornets. In a summer league action, the Vegas Summer League starts today, so there'll be games all day, all weekend. But they're playing the Hornets, who have the number two pick in the draft, Brandon Miller, who's got off to a very, I don't know, shaky start. Hasn't looked great. But it's his first two games playing in the NBA. I mean, not everybody comes in and dominates right away, especially in summer league when you're playing with a bunch of guys you've never played with before. All you've done is practice with them. But tonight is going to be obviously a big thing, 9 o'clock, Eastern Time, ESPN, watch it. Victor Wembenyama is going to be the talk of the NBA all season long. Seven foot five guy that can rebound, shoot, put a ball between his legs, block shots. He's the full package. It's just a matter of can he stay healthy? And people talk about can his game translate to the NBA? Is he too skinny? Is he going to get beat up under the boards? Is he just not going to be able to physically hold up? That's what we don't know. They don't play 82 games over in France, and you're not playing against the best players every single night. So, yeah, he's going to have some bad nights for sure. Bad shooting nights, bad nights altogether, foul trouble. 
maybe only gets in 20 minutes because he's in foul trouble all game. But he's going to do things on a basketball court that we've never seen before, and it starts tonight. However, did you see what happened Wednesday night? <laughs> I mean, I don't even know... I don't even know if AI could have come up with writing this story. So Victor Wembenyama is at a club or going into a restaurant. Sorry, not a club, restaurant. And Britney Spears sees him and goes up to him from behind, taps him on the shoulder, and immediately Victor Wembenyama's security guard backhands her across the face. So Britney had to take, you know, it broke on TMZ. Everyone's covering it. Brittany took to her Instagram story and shared her side and just said, I recognize an athlete in my hotel lobby as I was heading to dinner. I later went to a restaurant at a different hotel, saw him again. I decided to approach him and congratulate him on his success. It was really loud, so I tapped him on the shoulder to get his attention. I'm aware of the player's statement where he mentions I grabbed him from behind, but I simply tapped him on the shoulder. His security then backhanded me in the face without looking back in front of a crowd, nearly knocking me down, causing my glasses off my face. I get swarmed by people all the time. In fact, I was swarmed by a group of at least 20 fans that night. My security team didn't hit any of them. The story is super embarrassing, but it's already out there. However, I think it's important to share the story and urge people in the public eye to set an example and treat people with respect. Physical violence is happening too much in this world, often behind closed doors. I stand with all the victims, and my heart goes out to all of you. I have yet to get a public apology from the player, his security, or their organization. I hope they will. I cherish tremendous amounts and support I'm receiving at the moment. Thank you to the Las Vegas PD and the detectives for their support. So that's what Brittany says. Look, none of us were there. I'm not going to say everything she said was 100% factual, and I'm not going to say that their side is factual, even though I haven't really read anything from their side. The only thing that's being disputed is he's saying, she grabbed me from behind. She's saying, I tapped him on the shoulder. Those are two completely different things. So without any video footage, how do we know which one is true? We don't. She's going to stick to her story that he, she tapped him on the shoulder. He said, she grabbed me from behind. That is com two completely different things. With that said, whether she grabbed him from behind or tapped him on the shoulder his security detail has no business backhanding her across the face. That doesn't make any sense. That's just stupid. So if they did that, they deserve some sort of punishment. Deserve some sort of charge against them. Victor Wembenyama didn't do anything. This is all in his security detail. I just think the whole story is kind of funny. Not the hitting part. No, I'm not making fun of that. I'm not making light of that. I'm making light of the fact that this is involving Britney Spears and the number one pick in the NBA draft who's going to be in five to ten years the most talked-about player in the NBA. And Britney Spears wanted to go meet him because she saw him at a hotel in Vegas. It's just kind of weird because Britney Spears is more famous than him. If anything, you'd think maybe Victor Wembanyama, if he knew Britney Spears was in the same vicinity as him, he would be going up to her. She's like, I just want to go up to him and tell him congratulations. And his security detail backhanded me across the face. The whole thing is so bizarre. It's just a it's just a bizarre story. And like I said, I don't think AI could make this shit up. <laughs> Brittany, I mean, I know Brittany lives in Vegas, and we know the victor's there because the Spurs played a, tonight, but <laughs> the whole story is just I recognize an athlete in my hotel lobby as I went to dinner. 
I later went to a restaurant in a different hotel, and he was there, so I just wanted to congratulate him on his success. I, I don't know. I, I didn't realize celebrities get starstruck, especially Britney Spears being starstruck by a 20-year-old kid who plays basketball. I, I've never, you know, we've never really known Britney to be a big NBA fan. And now she's a fan of a guy who's never even stepped foot on an NBA court until tonight. The whole story is so weird, but that's what happened. We'll see if there's charges filed. We'll see if somebody gets in trouble. If video footage somehow appears about this. I I know TMZ had footage of Brittany in Victor's vicinity, but no video footage of the actual hit. I don't believe if they did, then it would be clear as day whether she grabbed him or tapped him on the shoulder because those are two completely different things. And finally, wanted to end with this. A lot of talk about where Dame Lillard is going, if he's going anywhere, demanding to go to the Miami Heat. I mean, this has been a talking point on all the talking head shows on TV the last few days, and it just, we've talked about this, that there is a change, and the changing of the guard in the NBA of who controls what. Dame Lillard has four years left on his contract with still $220 million dollars. And he's got a no-trade clause. So the fact that he's saying, look, I don't want to play for you anymore, Portland, and I want to go to Miami, could Portland basically say no? Yeah, they could. But then they're playing with a disgruntled player, and who wants that on their team? So everyone could be like, well, then what's the point in signing a contract? Honestly, there isn't. It doesn't matter anymore what your contract is that you sign. You sign a three-year deal, a four-year deal, or a five-year deal. At any point, you could say, you know what? I don't want to be here anymore and then just cause a bunch of havoc. A team's not going to be like, okay, we're going to call your bluff. Just sit out then. Nobody's going to do that. They're going to get rid of the player, and they're going to take less for him because the other teams know this player wants out, and the team that has him on their team doesn't want him anymore because he wants out, so they'll have to get whatever they can for him. It's backwards, I know. But this is the way the sport is now. When you give these type of ridiculous contracts, the players are dictating when and where they are leaving the city they're playing for, not their contract. He's got four years and 220 left, and he's saying, I'm done here. Trade me. What is Portland going to do? Say, okay, Dame, we'll call your bluff. No. We're not trading you. We're not taking 50 cents on the dollar in return. And if no one gives us a good package for you, we're keeping you. What's Dame going to do? I guess they could call his bluff and be like, all right, Dame, you're not going to show up to training camp. You're just going to sit out. What are you going to retire? You have four years left on your contract. Technically, we don't have to trade you. You have a no trade clause. We don't ever have to trade you, and you can sit and retire and sit out for the next four years. They'll never do that because they want to get something for him because they don't want a disgruntled player and they don't want this cloud hanging over their head. But to say it's not backwards would be a lie. It just is. Players control this league now. Keep that in mind. Contract signings mean absolutely nothing. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow in Apple Podcasts. Pass this along to your friends. Tell them all about it. Rate and review. That certainly helps the podcast. I hope you have a great weekend. Don't forget, tune in tonight, ESPN, 9 o'clock Eastern time. Sorry. 9 Eastern, 8 Central. It's live. 
Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas, Victor Wamanyama's debut in the NBA Summer League playing against the Charlotte Hornets, who have the number two pick in the draft, Brandon Miller. Good game tonight. Can't wait. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.